it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. Normally, I would be introducing my co-host, Andrea Sutton, but she's off today, actually starting our two-week vacation a little bit early. Um, Actually, uh, Andrea and I will be on vacation, and... um, starting uh, starting tomorrow for two weeks but as they say the show must go on and it will in fact there are uh, repeats of all of the candidate interviews not all but almost all of the candidate interviews from various races in the august primary now maybe some of you got your ballots and have already sent them in a lot of people voting by mail makes things a little bit early but uh when I was, uh, this falls right at the time of my annual camping trip. Now, I'm not doing the camping trip, but I am doing a vacation. Um, so I, I thought it would be uh, appropriate to, to fill the time with uh, some stuff that might be useful. Maybe you're just getting your ballot. Maybe you haven't filled it out yet. We're going to have, uh, I think it's nine days of uh, different races um, that are competitive or or at least uh, there are challenges that are to be determined by the August primary. So we're going to have those uh, airing for the next couple of weeks. Uh, also, a little later in the hour, I have uh, a little a little old-time radio send-up to taking vacation. This is tax day, too, by the way, if you... Uh, hopefully you've uh, taken care of that. I did back long before the, the original deadline, but it was extended to today, I believe. Uh, a little later in the city of Flint. I think it's the end of the month for uh, the city of Flint. Anyway, great show uh, in store today. It's Wednesday, which means Armchair Politics Day. And political operative Bobby Clayton Walton will be joining our roundtable regulars, Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right. And uh, that'll be coming up at the top of the uh, next hour. And uh, two hours of commentary and analysis 
about uh, news headlines, uh, current events, etc., from local, state, national sources. Um, also included will be uh, our quotes of the week and uh, the coveted X-Files, of course, my favorite part of armchair politics always. Uh, but um, this hour, uh, kind of interesting, um, because Andrea is off today and we, we can't chit-chat this morning, I uh, am going to replay a segment from a recent press conference with U.S. Senator Gary Peters that's coming up in just about a minute. And um, and then uh, after the first break or in the second segment of the hour, I'm going to be talking with, um, let's see, who do, who do I have that's going to be joining me? Um, oh, I know who it is, Shannon Cizek from uh, Genesee Health Plan and Jen Shu from Sovita Credit Union talking about the uh, Genesee Health Plan's uh, fifth annual Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contests. And those just completed, and uh, it was the fifth annual. We're going to talk about that and much, much more. But uh, right now we turn the uh, microphone over to uh, U.S. Senator Gary Peters, Democrat from Michigan, and uh, a recent, well, excerpt, uh, an excerpt from a recent press conference, uh, a telephone uh, press conference. Uh, I wanted to, to talk uh, first about a proposal that I'm working on uh, when we hope to include uh, uh, the proposal or aspects of it in the next uh, COVID bill. As all of you know, we've had three bills related to COVID-19. The most recent one, the CARES Act, was number three, over $2 trillion of uh, resources uh, into the economy. Understanding we have to deal with both aspects of the crisis, first and foremost, the public health crisis associated uh, with uh, the COVID-19. A substantial part of that legislation dealt with resources for hospitals and our health care providers to make sure that they have the resources to get through the, the, this crisis and to make sure that they have financial viability afterwards. Certainly, it's a, a concern of hospitals all across the Michigan. I've been on regular conference calls uh, and uh, individual calls with CEOs and administrators. Uh, they uh, have expressed their concerns to me. Uh, and uh, we have been addressing that, and we'll likely have to provide additional resources uh, for our hospitals and, and health facilities uh, in the next uh, act uh, as well. Uh, we, we also have to deal simultaneously with the economic uh, fallout as a result uh, of the crisis in order to deal with the public health crisis. It requires uh, shutting down businesses and keeping people distanced uh, from each other, which is counter to how our economy works. And we have to deal with two aspects of that, make sure families uh, get the resources they need, particularly those who suddenly find themselves uh, without a job, which is why we had the expansion in the uh, unemployment, which I'd be happy to talk more about if folks would like to. And then the other aspect that I've been particularly focused on is making sure that our small businesses uh, have the resources they need to stay in business. Uh, as we transition to opening up the economy again, it will be absolutely critical that our small businesses are able to start up as quickly as possible. Uh, they're the engine of growth in the economy. We want to make sure they can uh, continue to hold on to their employees and to be able to, to pick up where they've left off. But I think it's also uh, very important for us to, in this fourth uh, bill, uh, to consider the folks who are working every day. Uh, these are folks who, who can't uh, work uh, from home. Their jobs require them uh, to, to be out uh, and uh, doing their job at the workplace uh, every day. 
and and folks who are in jobs that are considered absolutely essential for our economy and essential for us to get through this public health crisis. And so certainly uh, those individuals include people that come to our mind immediately, which are healthcare professionals, our doctors, our nurses, uh, folks uh, who are technicians, folks who work uh, in the hospitals, and that's everybody uh, who works in the hospitals. That includes our janitors and custodial staff in those hospitals that put themselves at risk uh, by going to work every day, but are absolutely critical to keep hospitals uh, clean, to sanitize, to to uh, make sure that the hospitals can function and reduce uh, the spread of the COVID virus while they're treating uh, the, the sickest among us. But as we think about those critical jobs, those are also folks who work in grocery stores, uh, many of us can work from home. Uh, we can uh, shelter in place uh, and uh, and uh, continue to, to pursue our livelihood, uh, but we can't do that if we can't go to a grocery store and get food. We still need uh, food on the table. We still need to eat, and the brave men and women who are there working every day in our grocery stores, stocking shelves and, and uh, checkouts and making sure that we can uh, get the food that we need are truly heroes uh, as well, as well as folks all through the, uh, the supply chain providing uh, food. Uh, to us, uh, people who are in our pharmacies, making sure that we can have access to, to medicine, our, our postal workers who are delivering mail and interfacing uh, with uh, with the public and and delivering uh, medicines and other important uh, products uh, to our to our doorstep, other government workers like TSA people who who keep our our airplanes safe uh, during this uh, tough time, folks are our customs people on the border, many of our federal employees who still need to do their job. It's absolutely necessary. It's critical for our country. And yet every day when they're interfacing with the public and going to work, they put themselves uh, in, in harm's way. So the Heroes Fund is basically similar to hazard pay. And this is what we do in the military. If the military uh, pay is provided to men and women who serve, but those who are in harm's way uh, get a premium uh, for being in harm's way. I think it's important for us to uh, tell our frontline necessary workers that not only do we appreciate them, they should be compensated for taking additional risk for themselves as well as uh, for their uh, families, and that they need to be uh, compensated accordingly. The proposal we're putting forward, and again, we'll be hoping to get uh, uh, this proposal or aspects of it in the next bill, will provide a an additional pay per hour, uh, up to $25,000 increase uh, for frontline workers. It'll be paid out uh, the equivalent to uh, raise of about $13 per hour from the start of the public health emergency uh, through December 31st uh, of uh, this year. Uh, there would also be a recruitment incentive to make sure we're recruiting people in the in the healthcare uh, area, particularly home care workers uh, and folks who are in our nursing homes and assisted living. Uh, those are critically important jobs for dealing with the elderly and some of the most vulnerable people we have. And we want to make sure we have uh, people sufficiently uh, or those facilities are sufficiently staffed with people willing to care. Uh, and uh, we need to recruit folks to make sure that they're providing that essential care. The uh, the financial uh, uh, support is certainly very important, uh, but I would be remiss if I don't mention the other aspect that's critically important for us uh, to do. And that's to make sure we protect uh, these workers and the public that they serve every day. And that means we have to uh, make sure they have personal protection equipment. I serve uh, as the ranking member on the Homeland Security and Government Affairs uh, Committee. That makes me the, the top Democrat. Work closely with my Republican chair uh, on that committee. Our, among our uh, responsibilities uh, includes we oversee FEMA. I'm on the phone uh, every day. My staff is working with FEMA every day to make sure that we have the supplies that we need to protect our health care workers. 
And we're going to need additional supply to help folks in necessary businesses uh, all across the country, too, with personal uh, protection equipment. So we have to step up those efforts. Uh, and right now I've been focused on making sure Michigan uh, gets uh, the personal protection equipment that we need here in our state to protect uh, workers and healthcare workers uh, in particular. Uh, we have shortages uh, nationwide. Uh, we're in the process of ramping up uh, production. Uh, we're certainly very pleased with what I'm seeing here in Michigan with General Motors and Ford and Chrysler and, and auto suppliers and small companies all across our state that are really stepping up and are now starting to produce critical personal protection equipment as well as medical supplies that we need. But we also know that takes some time for all that to gear up. And so in the meantime, uh, we need to have uh, FEMA and the federal government step up and provide additional resources to hotspots around the country. Clearly, Detroit's a hotspot. Clearly, uh, Michigan and southeast Michigan are all hotspots. Uh, we have to be focused on triage now, make sure that we get the supplies that we need, knowing that more supplies are going to be produced, and as those are produced, will be available to other areas around the country as uh, as they try to, to mitigate the, the spread of the, the virus as well. So with that, I think I'll, I'll stop, and uh, happy to take questions. I, I think uh, first uh, we'll do it on the... Uh, yeah, hi, Senator. This is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Um, with this fourth uh, fourth package that's uh, being assembled, how um, do you have any sense for how much it's going to total out to? Because you're probably not the only one who's proposing uh, components in it. No, it's uh, it's too early for me to to uh, answer. It, it was the same when we did the, the CARES Act. Uh, you know that uh, that was an evolving process of negotiations uh, and a discussion of where the where the needs are. So I wouldn't want to. I would not want to speculate as to what uh, the the total figure will be for the fourth package. I think it's still too early, and certainly there are a lot of ideas being floated as to the needs uh, that need to be addressed. Is there a deadline for for uh, getting information into it so that it can begin to go through the process? Uh, currently, there is not. No, the discussions are 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 going on. Uh, uh, there, there are. I'm answer. There are robust discussions going on uh, among all of us uh, from our remote locations, uh, but talking uh, about what this package would include. But there's not a hard and fast uh, deadline. With the exception that we do think that um, uh, that acting uh, earlier is better than later. Uh, right now, I'm not sure when we will actually have legislation. Part of it will be will be uh, the negotiation to put it in a broader package. I would not expect this to be a, a separate, necessarily at least, a separate piece of legislation. It would rather be part of a broad package that will will pass. And uh, that'll be part of the negotiations that will occur. That uh, uh, this is a broad proposal. Uh, we're hoping that aspects of it. We'd like to have the whole proposal taken up, but uh, uh, certainly aspects to make sure we're taking care of essential employees who are who are in harm's way. They, they should be compensated for uh, what they are doing. Uh, right now, I'm working with a number of Democratic uh, senators, uh, but it, uh, we uh, do not have a Republican uh, working with us on this proposal, but that's my intent to reach out to, to get bipartisan support because that's how we'll get it passed. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks again for all that you do. We, you're an you're incredibly important job, so thank you so much. Take care and stay safe. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Lady of the house, please. <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, early gate rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes. The king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in checker money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as uh, we continue with today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I have, uh, uh, we're going to talk with, um, oh, we're going to talk about Genesee Health Plan a little bit, who announced the winners of the 5th Annual Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contest earlier this week. It was sponsored by Sovita Credit Union, and uh, Jen Shu is the Director of Marketing there, Shannon Cizek, Communications Coordinator uh, for Genesee Health Plan, um, and they both join me uh, right now by phone. Um, ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Thank you for having us. Shannon Shannon has been on the show several times um, talking about Genesee Health Plan, and uh, but but I think this is a first with uh, Jen Shu. I'm meeting her for the first time. I wish it was in person, Jen. Uh, it makes it a little easier when we do these <laughs> things uh, by phone if we've met in person before. And I and I have to ask before we get into the uh, the essay and uh, scholarship contests. Um, I, I have to ask you a little bit about Sovita Credit Union because until I got this uh, press release from Genesee Health Plan, I had not actually heard of it. And I was, it, and it's one of those things like if you buy a red car, all the cars on the street are red. I was driving down the street the other day and I passed a Sovita Credit Union sign on a building that I remember as the Flint Employees uh, Credit Union or Flint Teachers uh, Credit Union. Um, how, long has, right. how long has it been Sovita? Um, well, in July of 2018, uh, we changed our name from Flint Area School Employees Credit Union to Sovita Credit Union, um, a name meant to celebrate those who bring life to the community because we do serve those who are employed in education and health care. And so Sovita gave us a little bit broader of um, a range on who could, belo- who could belong to the credit union as the previous name was very narrow in defining that it was just an educator's credit union. Well, and this is, is kind of the result of some changes in the way credit unions are, are structured overall being more geographic-based and less um, specific uh union membership or or uh, specific uh, job connections. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, how credit unions started was, were based on usually a select employee group. And as uh, the world has changed and evolved, a lot of credit unions have geographic boundaries now where you just need to uh, live, work, or worship within a certain geographic boundary. Um, we still base our membership off of the select employee group. So it's um, strictly those employed in education and health care, their families, and their communities. Okay, and and Shannon, tell me uh, what's going on with uh, Genesee Health Plan. I, I haven't talked with you or Jim Milanowski in a little while. Um, is, is anybody uh, back in the office, or are you still doing everything by phone? Yeah, it's it's been a while since we talked. Um, We are still remote. Uh, The Genesee Health Plan office is physically closed to the public until further notice. But um, that's not to deter anybody that needs help um, with uh, enrollment into health care coverage 
or um, health navigation services or someone that needs help with um, some of our women's health programs or getting access to, you know, uh, like I said, healthcare coverage so they can see their doctor and um, that sort of thing. They can do all of that. We've positioned ourselves um, and morphed into going over the phone to be able to provide our services. Before, it was just you had to come into the office in person, um, but with uh, the current conditions and with COVID-19, and I think a lot of businesses um, had were forced to um, reevaluate um, how we can provide our services to the community that are much needed, but do so remotely, and in doing so, being safe and protecting our staff members and the public um, and still being able to provide them with vital services and health coverage so they can see their doctors um, and, and whatnot. And, and Jen, as long as we're on the, on the topic of uh, remote work and, and so on, um, banks and credit unions have been considered uh, an essential service. Um, are, are you working remotely, and, and how is uh, Sovita managing to keep things moving for its uh, members? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, credit unions and financial institutions as a whole really had to look at how we can continue to provide these essential services um, to members and customers and do so safely. And so there was a period of time between um, mid-March through mid-June where our lobby doors were technically closed unless um, you'd called ahead and made an appointment uh, to come in. And we were handling everything through drive-throughs remotely over the phone and really making sure that we could um, safely serve our members and still provide the best service possible because um, people need access to um, their money, their funds, um, plastic cards, and they still had to conduct you know, business on the day-to-day. -day. So it really changed how um, we looked at business. And now we're all back in the office um, full-time and our doors are open, and um, it's it's definitely a different way of doing business. But we're just making sure that everybody's being taken care of. The the traffic that you're getting, Jen, are are people being uh, pretty responsible? I I see mixed things depending on mm -hmm. where I go. Yeah, you know, I think um, the changes are challenging for everybody, and so far we've had very positive experiences with. Um, you know, wearing masks in the office. We have um, definitely changed how we clean and sanitize throughout the day and um, really trying to provide just a safe environment for people who need to come in, create some social distancing in our lobbies, um, and just provide some of that PPE equipment that people might need. You know, if they come in and they don't have a mask, we make sure that we have one to give them, um, hand sanitizers in our lobbies, um, no shared items and stuff. If they use a pen, they take it with them. <laughs> so really just trying to to keep everybody safe. And those are logo pens, I'm sure. Well, of course. <laughs> 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 well, Jen, things they, certainly... They are really good pens. They are really <laughs> good pens. I will say that. Um, things certainly have changed because it was only about three or four months ago when it would have been a real red flag if somebody had walked into a bank wearing a mask. Yes, yes, it would have. <laughs> it, it, somebody would have been headed for a bad day. 
Um, mm-hmm. But but let's let's talk about the uh, fifth annual Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contest. Um, it's the fifth annual, so obviously uh, Genesee Health Plan has been doing this for a while. Do you do you want to tell us a little bit about it and how it came about, uh, Shannon, and and what what the goals and, and objectives of this particular program are? Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it's the fifth annual Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contest. Um, when we originally started the contest, it wasn't we didn't loop in the scholarship component of it. Um, our uh, director of outreach, Yvonne Lewis, um, she has been working with our community health workers um, since she came to the health plan in 2015. And um, what we really wanted to do uh, initially was we correlated this contest along with Black History Month um, so that we could give an opportunity for uh, students in the Flint area schools where all of our community health workers are at. Um, to think about their health and their health history and why it's important to know your family health history in order to prevent future um, health issues. Um, For example, I'll I'll use myself as an example, breast cancer runs in my family. So um, if I were a student, I would likely be writing about that and why it's important for me to know that. So when I go to my doctor and they ask, you know, um, what your family health history is or um, if there's been any illness and on which side of the family it's been illness, um, I would interview. Uh, part of this contest is asking the students to interview their family members to find out more information. Um, so it really kind of grew every year and took off. And here we are in year five, and we partnered with Savita Credit Union, which was a partnership made in heaven for this project because, as Jen said, when they moved into providing uh, services for more than just educators and into the healthcare field, um, it's, it's, it was a no-brainer to approach them to ask them if they wanted to be part of this. And it's been a wonderful partnership with this whole essay contest. And with that for this year, uh, we were able to provide not only one, but two $1,500 scholarships wow. to two graduating seniors in Genesee County that are planning to pursue a career in the healthcare field. And it, especially this year, has been very unique in the submissions that we received. And Jen can touch on this a little bit more um, as she was one of the judges uh, for the contest. And I did review some of the preliminary um, essay submissions. Um, with COVID-19, uh, some of the essays that we read really kind of were very well thought out, even in the fifth and sixth graders going up. um, They not only incorporated their family health history and how it impacts them, but with COVID-19, they had actually written about their thoughts and understanding from their point of view on what's going on and why it's important to know your health history. Because as we all know, uh, those who are predisposed or already have an underlying um, um, illness, such as diabetes, um, high blood pressure, uh, and the list goes on, they're more susceptible to, um, to getting COVID-19 if proper co- precautions are not taken. So we've seen some of these students writing about this, and it was incredible to see their thoughts and how they put all of it together. And Gosh, um, I felt bad for Jen when I knew she was going to be judging because there were so many wonderful essays, Tom. It was incredible to read. Now, you, you, you gave nine awards, but 
out of what what is the screening process like um how many do you get how many get passed on to the judges um and and uh you know get eliminated and and i agree with you shannon i can't imagine how difficult it would be to pass on some that's a really good question actually this year we had the most submissions which is so incredible considering that schools were shut down during this contest so um the teachers in the county and i'll get into what we uh did for them as far as the contest goes um really when they went remote with their students and got this opportunity because we blasted it out through all of our networks and all of our partners, including all the chambers of commerce, the local media outlets, um, and teachers were looking for things to, for their students to do. And this is very timely because, again, it had them think about their health and what was going on in the world. So it was very timely. And I think that that's what really helped with the increase in submissions. We had over 95 students in wow. Jefferson County submit. Uh, and that's pretty Shannon, incredible. Shannon, were you um, surprised at, at how in touch teachers have been able to stay with their students throughout these closures? Oh, absolutely. Um, we had two teachers that went above and beyond, and what we provided to them was um, a, a separate contest. The teachers that got the most student submissions for the contest. Um, there was a first place and a second place. Uh, first place received a $400 gift card and second place received a $300 gift card. And they went above and beyond. Um, Mrs. McNair-Levi, she's a teacher at Grambling High School. She, um, she had so many students that were engaged and submitted and she was a delightful person to speak with. Um, and you could tell that these teachers really care so much about their students and were very hurt to not be able to, you know, be with them with the school closure. Um, and I think that they did the absolute best that they could in engaging them and keeping them engaged and learning through this process. Um, the second place winner was uh, Mrs. Pearl Rosemond. She's a teacher at Powers Catholic High School, um, and she had uh, the second most um, student submit essays. Um, so we, we added this component of the contest because we want to reward the teachers that go above and beyond and, you know, want their students to understand their family health history and write about it. It's very important that the teachers get recognized, especially during unprecedented times like these. And, and Jen, um, what was Savita's, um, interest in in becoming a sponsor of this event and um how much of a challenge was it for you to participate as a judge was that uh a little daunting oh goodness um <laughs> yeah the the judging um when we received you know our packets to read and stuff um the effort and the amount of time that these students put into not only researching but to be able to eloquently write about their family history um their challenges COVID-19 um there was a couple times I had to go back and really kind of see what grade level we were reading because um <laughs> they really um put so much effort into this and it was 
as a first year judge, it was um, I was very taken aback. I was like, wow, um, these are students in our county, and there's just a level of pride that comes from being able to see like all their hard work and stuff. Um, they should all all the applicants should be very proud of themselves, and it was a tough, tough job. <laughs> so, um, kudos to everybody that took the time to do it. Um, on the credit union side, you know, we're always looking for programs and sponsorships and ways that we can be involved with the causes that are important to our members. And we've worked closely in the past on some initiatives with Genesee Health Plan. Um, we love working with Genesee Health Plan. And from a credit union standpoint, when you can um, work with um, a place in healthcare and you can support what the teachers are doing and what they're doing with their students. The sponsorship was really a win-win for everybody and something we are so proud to be involved with this year. So um, it's been a great first year. We were able to push this out to our members, our, our partners, and some of the schools through social media and um, our different channels and work with Shannon and her team really closely to um, really promote this and make this successful, and we're so excited to be a part of it. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Genesee Health Plan. I, I've uh, benefited from their services, and they've been a sponsor of the program. So um, you can't say enough good things about Genesee Health Plan to me. But no, um, you can't. But uh, but let me um, move it back to. Uh, Shannon for a minute. Um, do you want to mention any of the other winners while we have a few minutes? Yeah, yeah. So um, the contest was open to um, the essay contest portion was open to elementary school students grades 5 and 6 only. We provided a first and second place for them as well as uh, middle school and junior high first and second place and then um, high school uh, first and second place. So uh, for elementary grades 5 and 6 First place uh, winner was Olivia Vance. She was homeschooled and in the sixth grade. Uh, second place in um, elementary was Evelyn Eicholt of Flushing. She's from fifth grade. Um, middle and junior high school winner, first place, uh, Kennedy Bird with Genesee Christian School, and she's in the eighth grade. Second place, we actually had two second place winners this year, as uh, Jen said. And I knew it would be difficult to uh, to pick because there were so many time that so many essays, and I just I felt so I didn't want Jen's job <laughs> for this. <laughs> um, but they did a wonderful job. The judges did, and so the second place uh, recipients: um, Azalea McNair of Grand Blank Middle School, seventh grade, and Carly Roseberry of Davison Middle School uh, in the eighth grade. And then lastly, in high school, uh, first place went to Bianca Ramo of Grand Blank High School, 11th grade. Second place went to Diamond Richardson of Grand Blank High School in the 11th grade. And um, did you want me to go into the scholarship recipients? Um, yeah, please. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, with um, the sponsorship of Savita, we are able to provide two $1,500 scholarships to two graduating seniors in Genesee County that were planning to pursue a career in healthcare field. Now, the scholarship contest um, had a little bit more rules on it um, in, in that the student had to be pursuing a career in the healthcare field in the fall um, and write about the, the career that they were planning to pursue 
why they were planning to pursue it, how it correlated with their family health history. And um, the, uh, one of the scholarships went to Jocelyn Ridley, and she's from Goodrich High School. Now, Jocelyn is planning on attending U of M Flint in the fall, and uh, she would like to go into uh, pediatric rheumatology or become a physician assistant. And the other scholarship went to Brianna Tracia of Fenton High School, and she plans on attending the University of Toledo in the fall, and she would like to um, go into pharmaceutical science. And both of their essays were so well-written, phenomenal. I was reading it, and I felt like I was reading a submission from a college student. <laughs> like Jen said, they were very well thought out. You could tell that they took a lot of time. And How do they um, physically I, I, turn in the submissions? Are, are they hard copies? Are they emailed and then printed out for the judges? How does, how does that work technically? And are they typewritten, handwritten? received some handwritten and some typewritten. Um, usually, I mean, pre-COVID uh, with essay submissions, uh, students have been allowed to mail them or give them to their teacher, and their teacher would drop them off physically at the office. Um, but with COVID-19 happening, when this essay contest was happening, we had to go remote. So we gave the students the opportunity to submit via email, um, to physically mail their um, submissions to the office and um, either fax, you know, if, uh, if their teacher had access to faxing uh, their essay, they could do that as well. Um, and considering, you know, us going remote with that and having the highest amount of submissions that we've ever had, I don't think that that um, was a barrier in not being able to physically drop off. Would you consider then allowing those options going forward? Oh, absolutely. And we even allow the teachers to submit the essays on behalf of the student because sometimes um, the students or the families don't have access to a computer to email or a printer to print right. or uh, ability to physically mail. And we don't want to put anyone in the position where they would have to um, go out into the public to mail something. So that's why we, we made this available. But going forward, um, I, I would imagine that we would continue to have all of these different mechanisms for them to submit. Well, <coughs> excuse me, we're uh, just about out of time, but um, I, I want to make sure and give both of you an opportunity. We have literally one minute left till we go to break. Um, Shannon, maybe we'll start with you, um, where people can find out more about Genesee Health Plan. Yes. Although we are close physically to the public, our office is not open, we can provide all of the services that you have known us to be able to provide for health care enrollment and everything simply by calling us at 844-232-7740. We do enrollment into Genesee Health Plan, Medicaid, Healthy Michigan, um, Medicare during open enrollment and healthcare.gov during open enrollment. Um, we're also working a lot with uh, the Community Foundation of Greater Flint to get the word out about the census um, so that people understand that, you know, completing the census will ensure that for the next 10 years we get dollars into the community that are much needed for so many different public services. Um, and so I'm going to have to just jump in here and, and say uh, that uh, Sovita has a, uh, a website, savita.org. 
Um, it's, Jen, so, it's actually sovitacu.org. That's right. That's right. Thank you. And that's it. Thank you both. Hi, this is Joe oh, Biden from you, the Tom. Blue Lions. Thank and you. You're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Hey, I want to say thanks again to uh, my guests in the last segment, uh, Communications Coordinator, uh, Coordinator from Genesee Health Plan, Shannon Cizek, and uh, the Director of Marketing for Savita Credit Union, Jen Shu. Um, and it was, it was nice meeting Jen. She has not been on the show before, and uh, Savita Credit Union has a, a fairly recent brand change. And uh, interesting to find out a little bit more about that. And, of course, the uh, congratulations to all of the winners of the 5th Annual Heritage or Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contest sponsored by Savita and coordinated by uh, Genesee Health Plan. And uh, with that, uh, Armchair Politics is coming up at the top of the hour. But first, a little old-time radio. This is uh, kind of a uh, send-up to me and Andrea who... After today's show, we'll be on vacation for a couple of weeks, but I'm going to leave you with some homework because during that two-week period, um, shows that have been put together special for uh, the upcoming uh, August 4th primary include uh, each day a different office or offices with all of the candidates competing in the primary. If it's a Republican primary, it's Republicans. If it's a Democratic primary, wherever there are challenges, we've tried to uh, include all of the candidates. So do your homework and uh, be sure to vote. Anyway, uh, we're going to break for a little old-time radio. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. (laughs) This day will go down in history as precedent-shattering. John Bickerson is smiling. Despite the lateness of the hour, the fact that he has had perhaps the hardest day of his life at the office, John Bickerson is smiling. Why? Tell us, John. Two weeks vacation with pay. Wait till I tell Blanche, brother, how I've longed for this. I'll sew myself into the bed sheets and sleep for ten days. John? Hello, Blanche. How is my beautiful wife? What? Would you like me to bring you a glass of milk and a cookie? And here's a little present for you. You look wonderful, honey. Oh, this is awful. What's the matter? This morning I burned my hand on the stove. I ripped my only pair of nylons. My inlay fell out, and now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not drunk and you know it. Then why are you so nice to me? What's the use? When I come home tired, can't smile, she beefs. When I come home and try to be pleasant, she accuses me. Put out the lights. You're not going to bed with your shoes on. Yes, I am. I work like a horse. I might as well sleep like a horse. Why did you bring me a present? What have you been up to, John? Bring his wife a present. Oh, stop it. A husband doesn't bring his wife a present unless he's done something wrong. I've brought you a million presents and I've never done anything wrong. Never. Not since the day I married you. I wish you'd let me sleep. Sure. Sleep. That's the easiest way out when you've got a guilty conscience. Blanche, I tell you, I haven't got a guilty conscience. Then why did you buy me an expensive present? It isn't an expensive present. It's the crummiest present I could find. I could believe that, all right. What is it? Why don't you open it and see? I bet you've gone and thrown away your money on some stupid thing I can't even use. 
Oh, you can use it fine. A home beauty outfit. It's got everything, just what you need. Wrinkle cream, freckle remover, hair darkener, false eyelashes, chin reducing strap. What kind of a present do you call this? What are you hinting at? How did I know what was in it? Nobody would use this but a homely woman. Oh, that's not true. All women use it. They do not. Only the homely ones, and I wouldn't touch it. The sales girl in the drugstore said she uses it all the time, and she's not half as homely as you are. What? I mean, you're just as pretty. And that's just about what happened. You walked into a drugstore, saw a pretty face, and didn't know what you were buying. I didn't look at her face at all. If you were going to buy me a present, why didn't you buy me something I could use? Why didn't you get me an ounce of taboo? What's that? My favorite perfume. Well, you've got a dresser full of perfume. Taboo, Sabu, Snafu, Sterno. Enough perfume for any woman alive. Look at those bottles. They're all empty, and it's all your fault. You left the corks out, and it evaporated. I leave the cork out of my bourbon, don't I? Well, what about it? That never evaporates. You never give it a chance. I don't see why I should have to do without because of your nasty habits. What do you think makes a thing dry up, John? Wish I knew. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. You know I worked at the office 18 hours without a let-up. That's what you said you did. That's what I did. I did it for what I thought was a good reason, but now I'm sorry. Why? Forget it. What is it, John? What happened? (gasps) You lost your job. I didn't lose my job. I got two weeks vacation with pay. It's the first vacation I've had in seven years, and I wanted to enjoy it. But no, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? How can you say that, John? Of course. Of course I want you to enjoy yourself. Where's the money? In my wallet. Two whole weeks pay. Now, do you mind if I rest? You know, John, I haven't had a vacation either. A change of scene will do us both a world of good. If you're so tired, there's only one thing in the world for you to do. He's doing it. Where did he say that money was? Here it is. Two weeks' pay. Blanche, put that money back. Oh, I I thought you were sleeping, dear. What were you doing with that money? What's the matter, Blanche? I'm not doing anything. I'm just counting it to see if they gave you the right amount. It's the right amount. Put it back and go to sleep. You needn't talk like that. I wasn't going to steal it. Who said you were? Just like you to make a crack like that. I didn't make any cracks at all. Go on. Call the police. Have me arrested. Put me in prison. Nobody's putting you in prison. They'll lock me up in solitary confinement. Rats running all over me in my cell. And I stand helpless, shaking, behind iron bars. No way to escape. Blanche. Oh, why don't you send me a hacksaw, John? You're getting hysterical. Well, don't go accusing me of taking your money. It's half mine anyway. It's all yours. All I want is sleep. I don't see why we can't go away on a vacation for a few days. You go. I told you I'm going to do nothing but sleep for the whole two weeks. 
You'll have to get up sometime. Not even once. How are you going to collect your unemployment insurance? What unemployment insurance? You're going to be out of work for two weeks. You can't collect unemployment insurance if you've got a job. If you're not working, you haven't got a job, have you? That's different. Why? I don't know why. Nobody does it, that's all. Well, what's the good of unemployment insurance if you don't get any money when you're unemployed? Being on vacation is not the same as being unemployed. Don't tell me. What? Clara's husband, Barney, has never had a job his whole life, and he collects his unemployment check every week. He can't collect any checks if he doesn't work. I thought you said they only pay you when you don't work. That's right. But you have to work before you can be out of work so you have a legitimate claim for the money you earned that you don't get. I don't get it. Oh, leave me alone. And I'm telling you now, John, you've got two weeks off and you're going to do one of two things. Do you hear me? I hear you. Either you start collecting your unemployment insurance or else you fill in those two weeks with another job. Another job? This is my vacation. I don't care. It won't hurt you to work those two weeks. And we could use the money. Okay, I'll get another job in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on. Get up. Get a job, you loafer. What kind of a job can I get at 2 o'clock in the morning? What's the matter with being a night watchman? I won't do it. I won't do it. You've got no right to deprive me of my two weeks off. I don't care what happens. I won't get another job. All right, then. Promise you'll take me away on a vacation. There's no way out. I promise. Will you swear? Every minute that we're away. I know where we'll go. Lake Tahoe. I'll only have to buy a few more dresses and you can wear your dungarees all the time. Okay. Just tell them you came in from fishing. And if it gets cold, I've got just the thing. Let me show you what I picked up on sale yesterday. I don't want to see it. Just look at this, John. Isn't it stunning? What's so stunning about a bath rug? It's a fur cape, silly. Well, where's the fur? Well, that's the way it's supposed to look. It's the very latest style. Sheared beaver. Sheared beaver? It's been clipped. So have I. You have not. This is worth every penny, John. You know I'm a good judge of furs. Oh, sure. The past two years you bought a bald mink and a plucked skunk. Well, what's wrong with them? The mink stinks and the skunk shrunk. Blanche, how much did you pay for this one? Only $94. $94? Oh, Blanche, you didn't. Get that money back, you hear me? Get that money back. Don't get hysterical. As soon as the... Blanche, how could you do this to me? I deny myself everything. I've been sewing heels on your old pocketbooks and wearing them for shoes. I've been eating the padding out of my overcoat shoulders to save on breakfast cereal. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just chew the cork and hit myself on the head with the bottle. I never spend a nickel on myself. You bought a bag of popcorn yesterday. That wasn't popcorn. My teeth fell out from malnutrition. I'm warning you, Blanche. Blanche, you're not going to get away with it. What do you want? Hello, Bickerson. This is Mr. Guernsey. Yes. Uh, oh, hello, Mr. Guernsey. I hate to be calling you at this hour, Bickerson, but something very urgent has come up. What happened? I just received word that our Chicago plant burned down, and we weren't covered. This morning, I filed bankruptcy proceedings, and I'm closing up for good. What? I trust you'll find a new position, and I do wish you good luck. Well, uh, thanks. By the way, Bickerson, would you mind sending back that two-week salary I gave you? I need every penny I can scrape together. Yeah, um, sure, I'll send it. Uh, goodbye. Well, did you hear that, Blanche? No, what was it? 
My boss, Mr. Guernsey, I lost my job. <gasps> wonderful! Wonderful? What's so wonderful about it? Now you can collect your unemployment insurance. Oh, Blanche. Good night, John. You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! 